Speed Racer. Da, da, da. I don't know. Is there, are there other lyrics to the song? Ba, ba, speed Racer. Uh, no, ba, ba, I ba, think ba. you got the gist. Uh, dude, dude, Speed Racer. And then it's like in Japanese at the end. It's like, Doki, Doki, Aru, Speed Racer. For yeah, a, bit. a lot of things in this movie were in Japanese at one point. Here we are again. Yeah, oops, we did it again, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's back. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Movie Blues Podcast. I'm Dan Lyons. Dan Enden. And uh, we are here to talk about uh, one film and one film alone. This is a movie that has come up in the MBCU, the Movie Blues Extended Universe, uh, multiple times. Um, uh, Even up to the last few episodes, we've talked about Speed Racer. Um, Many times, Dan has used this film as some sort of high ground to decry and denounce other films that they are not as good as Speed Racer. So I really, (laughs) even though I've already seen the movie twice, wanted to watch it a third time and under the lens of what we usually do on the podcast, which is, can we play devil's advocate to ourselves? Can we play devil's advocate to each other? Can Dan enjoy something that Dan hated? Can other Dan enjoy something that other Dan hated? Can Dan's change their mind? We don't know, but either way, this week we go from race... But it's a real Dan stravaganza. Yeah, I cannot believe you interrupted my tagline to say (laughs) Dan stravaganza, you fucking ass. This week we go from race wars to racer wars with the Fast and Furious by way of autism film 2008's Speed Racer. This is the theme song. I'm going to sing. That that was a really good tag for me to have fucked up. Yeah, I know. You do it every time. Um, people. Speaking of things Dan truly fucked up, my life is the <laughs> current topic of Speed Racer, uh, the episode. Um, How did you end up watching Speed Racer two times prior to this if you hated it so much? I went to go see it in theaters. Um, it, it, that sounds it, like so much fun. For anyone who does not know, this is the first film created by the Wachowski brothers after their tenure in the Matrix trilogy. Um, this is the final film the Wachowski brothers made under the name the Wachowski brothers before they were changed to the Wachowski sisters, I suppose. And um, this is uh, one of those movies that is it, you know, is it a hidden lost gem? Is it a true piece of trite garbage made for idiots? We don't know, but we're going to find out. (laughs) We're going to find out by uh, going all the way in. Um, uh, Obviously, as an audience member, you cannot discern who thinks what about this movie so far. We're keeping it obviously really mysterious here. But um, to really get things going, um, I want to talk about why we're here. I want to talk about how this ended up happening to me again. Um, And I think we should go to Dan. I'm going to defer to my... uh, co-host here who's going to tell us what he thinks about the Speed Racer film, what he thought about it at first, what he thinks about it now, where his heart is as of 2020. Uh, go ahead, Dan. Um, so the first time I saw Speed okay, Racer... Okay, Dan, thanks for letting us right, know how cool. you feel. Now I'm going to start. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I've heard enough from you already, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, we're real go- going for a real Z-Morning Zoo vibe <laughs> Boing! All right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boing! Um, <laughs> Nerf! All right, go ahead. 
Uh, it's good. It's good to laugh and smile. We're both laughing and smiling now. Why don't yeah. we just end it? Why don't we just end this episode? Yeah, this is the best I've felt since COVID started. I just want to let everybody know that uh, for the first time ever, I think last night, Dan texted me. Um, usually he texts me, I hate you. Uh, I hate this movie. Why did you do this to me? This time, uh, uh, it was kind of the other way around. But for the first time ever, Dan texted me and said, do you want to just not watch this movie and skip it? <laughs> which, like, which, listen, I, I'm a lot of things. A hypocrite is it, it definitely the one podcast. of them. Yeah, it, it being the podcast episode. Yeah. But not the movie, you mean? You mean you wanted me to finish the movie, but then not thought about it? No, I didn't care. I was going to keep watching the movie regardless. Um, so, I was enjoying myself, and you were harshing my vibe. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I should... We need to go back to the rules of moratorium, but it seems like when, even when we do have the rules up, that if you hate a movie enough, you typically text me and tell me to fuck myself, so I felt like it was only right this time. Yeah. Uh, also, because I want to let everybody know we're having a, a tremendous uh, shift in the paradigm of this podcast, which has been happening for about a season um, now, about midway through season one. Uh, I think it felt like things started shifting, but now we're at the point where like Dan's enthusiasm has finally arrived, and uh, <laughs> and it, it is this enthusiasm which you a, mean because I didn't have to watch fucking uh, the man with the golden gun, which was <laughs> a nine-hour movie about nothing. I'm sorry, how long was today's movie? Two hours and 14 minutes. Okay, anyway, we'll get back to that. Let's put a pin in that. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, um, you know, Dan is becoming very enthusiastic on this pod. He's being supported in uh, the Movie Blues Rental Zone, which is our new group that you can check out online where we uh, do our discussions. We have polls, all sorts of fun stuff. If you want to get involved with the pod, that's the place to be. And Dan has uh, found a lot of support in that group. Uh, he has a lot of friends who look up to him as some sort of fucking mentor, which I didn't know he was like some sort of Jedi master who had all these Padawans, but now we're starting to find out that Dan has got a very select fan club. Dan and I have discussed my fan club before. It's mostly psychopaths who stalk me and <laughs> yeah. like know my address and shit, but Dan's group is actually Whereas seemingly... I'm more of a David Koresh figure. Yeah, Dan's, Dan's going for more an intellectual angle. He's kind of drawing people towards his bad ideas, um, <laughs> and then and then gaslighting them into thinking that they're true. Uh, <laughs> Just like David Koresh. Uh, if you can't tell, we're also filming Dan on Dan Crime today. So uh, this episode is going to be as about contentious as uh, Dan's parents' divorce. And um, <laughs> wow! Um, and uh, we're going to get things started I early. I doubt it's going to be that contentious. <laughs> I told Rachel, I said uh, we're going to do Speed Racer first, and then Dan on Dan Crime, and that's dependent on whether or not we just end up screaming at each other during this one. Uh, but I'm going to try not to today. Guys, I could sit here, I could spend the entire time doing uh, a couple of my favorite things, groaning very loudly, exhaling over when Dan is trying to make a good point uh, for four or five extra seconds than I need to, um, uh, using big words to try to make him feel bad, even though it just makes me look dumber, and I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to try to discuss- I didn't realize you had this much self-awareness. <laughs> As I'm staring of a I video of myself. I need to delete like four of my Dan on Dan crime questions. <laughs> he just went through all of them. Uh, um, okay, guys, let's get it grounded. Um, for those who don't know, again, this movie, Speed Racer, um, uh, it, it was kind of the Wachowskis heading towards like a kid family vibe. Uh, if you want to watch the trailer, good for you. It's a better experience than the movie. The and, trailer is so awesome. Um, Dan, uh, talk to me, buddy. What do you think yeah. about 2008 Speed Racer? It was a great segue because uh, I didn't even know that this Speed Racer movie existed until uh, probably four years ago. Really? 
um, we were, when I was living with uh, Neef and everyone, there was one night he was, he, we were just looking for movies to watch, and he was like, dude, I came across this trailer that looks fucking bonkers, and sure enough, it was the Speed Racer movie. I had no idea that the Wachowskis made it. Right. Um, I was just like, we, we were looking for something to get inebriated to and just have on in the background on the big screen while we were having people over and partying. So just to and, first, no, 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 your first, okay. your first experience with it was a party vibe, you're having fun, it's one of those yes. movies you gathered around and watched. This time, though, was not so much that. It was just you and Kat watching it. Um, yeah, totally. Um, and that time, actually, midway through the movie, we realized that we were all talking through a lot of it and distracted for a lot of it. And um, there was a lot going on, and the pacing was super confusing. So we actually started it over after we got to the midway point. Are so you talking I, about your first time? Yeah, the first time. Okay. So I had, so the first time, I watched it one and a half times. Okay. Um, and I just, I loved it. We all loved it. It was visually striking. Meanwhile, and- I uh, saw the Matrix movies. I heard the Wachowskis were making a new film. Uh, I read the cast list years beforehand. I followed every promotional image. I followed every news story <laughs> about it. I was excited out of my absolute mind. It was one of the first um, large-scale IMAX 3D like mind fucks that I, I was preparing myself for. And... Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a different vibe than the way that you saw it. Um, yeah, yeah, much different. Which, you know, set me on, obviously, a very negative path. Um, but I was hoping, you know, maybe this this rewatch... So, like I said, I've seen it three times. The yeah. second time was at home because it was a matter of, okay, what... Did I really, you know, give it a fair shake? Yeah. Uh, so I shook it again. It fucking spit in my cereal. I waited eight more years, and I watched it for this podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, how many times do you go into a movie with that degree of anticipation and don't leave upset? Um, constantly. I can name 20 of my favorite movies of all time. I've walked in with a 10 out of 10 anticipation and left with the satisfaction. The Dark Knight, Infinity War. All right, all right, um, it's enough. It's, two is enough. 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 Okay, two's okay. enough for you. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I like you're bringing in Rachel's vibe. Just two, <laughs> two's enough, guys. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, you know, uh, this was a this was a matter of um, one of those films where we come into it with one of us knowing that they're not going to like it. We come into it with one of us you know, praising it too highly and trying to defend it. I've done it. Dan's done it. This is not exclusive to either of us. This is part of, <laughs> this is a dual part of our personality. So listen, if this podcast today was about Prometheus, if this podcast today was about a movie that I love, that I know is, is bad, that I know people hate, here's what I would try to do. I can at least recognize, you know, the faults in that. I'm hoping that maybe you feel the same way. I'm not sure. I don't know how far you're going to fluff this. I don't know how far I'm going to hate this, but if you're ready, I'm ready. You want to talk about Speed Racer? I would love to talk about Speed Racer. Okay. Um, where do you want to begin? Now, there's a couple ways to tackle Speed Racer. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. All right, go on. Um, there, there is a... Um, you know, it, it is our responsibility to at least set the film up. So I'm going to try to do that before we go negatives or positives. Um, okay. uh, yes, we've talked about the anticipation from the filmmakers of The Matrix, the single greatest action movie of the 90s. Um, Should we just talk about The Matrix? No. Um, yes, uh, those directors have gone on to make worse movies than this. I challenge anyone to tell me that Speed Racer is a worse film than Jupiter Ascending. I don't think <laughs> that that is true. Jupiter Ascending. I don't know. Have you seen it, Dan? No. Jupiter Ascending is 
one of the most wrongheaded films ever created. Uh, it is about Channing Tatum, who is a rollerblading werewolf from a different planet who falls in love with Mila Kunis, who is a maid on Earth and finds out that she is the princess of the universe. Um, it is one of the worst movies ever made. Um, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let's unpack this for a second. <laughs> we could unpack um, it, but at the same time, like we could do an episode is it, is on Is this Jupiter's. a kid's movie? Good question about Speed Racer and about Jupiter Ascending. Um, Speed Racer, I'd say, is a kid's movie. However, Jupiter Ascending is made for adults, but every plot point and facsimile of it is for children, such as Channing Tatum being a skater, a skateboarding werewolf from like a different planet. Um, it, it, It is not a children's movie it's violent it's basically like a whack at the Wachowskis making a Star Wars movie it's kind of their idea of what a fantasy world would be it's their idea you know if the if the Matrix is the Wachowskis creating their you know subversive trans masterpiece uh, about Jesus then you know surely Jupiter Ascending was something else but I can't even sum it up the way that I summed up the Matrix it's just a movie that defies explanation in how bad it is um, there's, I, I'm for sure going to watch that. Uh, maybe that's where this will lead to. But um, okay. So I, I just want to let you know, I mean, I've been disappointed by the Wachowskis in ways that you have not. That's the other thing. Like, that's okay, true. I did Speed Racer. Yeah, it hurt my feelings. Fine. And then I waited <laughs> years for them to make a better movie, right? In the meantime, they produced a bunch of movies which I think are overrated as fuck. Like what? V for Vendetta, I think, is one of the most overrated movies of our generation. Um, the book is obviously superior, which is not a question. Is V for Vendetta, like, that highly praised by Absolutely. Dude, there are people who have taken um, the iconography from the film uh, V for Vendetta yeah, based the on Guy the Fox, man. The Guy Fox, man. And that isn't just because of the book. Um, really, the movie propelled... Uh, all of those things into America. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I really, I really like that movie. Kids our age love that movie. Um, it's not better than the book, but I thought it was a good movie. I think that it was too uh, obvious their sway on it. There's literally bullet time throughout the whole movie. I just did not yeah, like the presentation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I did not like the presentation of the film. And and what I found ultimately ironic about that film is that people loved. Uh, to bash Watchmen for its only fault as an adaptation, which was extending the action, accentuating the action in a way that is more pleasing for an action movie. People hate on Watchmen endlessly for that. And, like, this was, like, in the same year or two that this other movie came out. And I feel like the same criticism should absolutely have been levied at V for Vendetta. He's literally throwing, like, what what are those, uh, like, three-bladed things from the Ninja Turtles? Like, in slow motion. It just was stupid. I just did not like the movie. I know I'm gonna probably get some hate from that. Um, um, Like, shout out Aaron Wheeler, whoever's gonna be fucking mad at me after this. Um, I actually left the theater not liking it too much, but we rewatched it. I want to say a year or two ago, and I really enjoyed it. I will have to revisit it, uh, but it really scorned me in a period of time when all of his work, uh, Alan Moore's work, was being incorrectly just, adapted. Just destroyed. Um, From Hell is one of the most disappointing films of my Dude, lifetime. Um, yeah. From Hell Agreed. rocked me to the absolute core in terms of how bad it was compared yeah, to the book. Yeah, From Hell is very bad. If there's any book that needs to be adapted into like a 200-hour Netflix series, it's From Hell. Like, to do a proper From Hell yeah. would yeah. be absolutely epic to see and that movie 
it makes me sick to watch that movie. Not because it's bad. It's just the vibe that that movie yeah. casts is so nauseating. That movie in a vacuum really isn't that bad, but like as an adaptation is abysmal. Speaking of um, uh, movies that call, uh, cast off an extremely nauseating vibe, um, Speed Racer is the movie we're talking about today. Um, a movie that I could not look at the screen for like more than 30 seconds at a time without having to look down at my notes because I felt like I was going to throw up or have a panic attack. <laughs> Uh, basically was like if you like the editing from Ang Lee's Hulk which I don't know if you've seen it but it's a movie I've very much seen Ang Lee's Hulk it's a movie that attempted to reproduce comic books in physical form that movie is literally the palm d'or winner uh, compared to this movie this movie is an affront to my fucking eyes and mind that sickened me to my absolute uh, core and uh, made me and my uh, wife literally uh, physically fucking ill uh, to see the imagery the color palette and the general uh, inconsistency across all worlds, images, tones. It is a movie that is akin to having your fucking head in a goddamn blender for two hours and 14 fucking minutes that I can never fucking get back for the third time. That's six hours and 28, like 46, 36 minutes that I could have been crying. Thinking about my yeah, ancestors. The number, the number you were looking for is 42. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. I was trying to do it in my head. It's like when I get upset, though, math is like the last thing that I yeah. do. Um, <laughs> uh, the, this movie, uh, it, it just, it's kind of... <sighs> It's kind of tough to to really thrash entirely because there is talent in there. Uh, Michael Giacchino uh, is my absolute favorite composer living to this day for film. He has created some of the most iconic later era, you know, recent uh, film scores from Up to 2009 Star Trek to uh, Rogue One to, I mean, the guy is, uh, he did the entire series of Lost um, and he did the music for this movie and it was like, what if the orchestral music from like Jay and Silent Bob and like View Askew movies was injected with Nas and was just put in front of a thousand person orchestra who then had to play like 450,000 different emotional beats up and down throughout the entire movie. It is as exhausting to listen to this movie as it is to watch it. It's just an exhauster. It, it sucked the life out of me like a fucking vampire. Uh, you're talking to a drained corpse. What did you think, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> I, um... I found, again, the movie to be a visual cinematic achievement, an absolute masterpiece of finally achieving what so many have tried to do before it, which is to blend cartoon and live action together. Oh, you mean like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, a film that did this exact idea 100,000 times better not, 25 not, years ago? Not with action scenes, though. I would rather watch Cool World. Do you know what Cool World is? No. It's a movie where Brad Pitt falls into a cartoon L.A. and has to be a sheriff that makes sure that real people don't fuck cartoons. I would rather watch that than than this. <laughs> I think um, I think this movie, it's just visually striking. The cars look about a thousand times better than any Fast and the Furious movie, which have like three times the budget. What an accomplishment. Uh, the cast was great. Um, I like when kids' movies are actual movies and not just condescending hokey bullshit. This had, I'll agree with like, that. This was infinitely better than Detective Pikachu. 
Pikachu, That's true. Sonic, like Spy Kids, like any of these fucking kids movies. I thought there were a lot of comedic beats that were completely ludicrous. It was a very absurdist film. You said I, uh, I felt, in one uh, episode, you said John Goodman is hilarious in Speed Racer. Yes. He did not make a single joke the entire movie. He looked the drunkest, <laughs> the fattest, and the saddest he has ever been in a film. I think his, his one eye is hilarious. His one eye is literally cloudy from alcoholism. Like, he looks blind in this movie, dude. looks horrible in this movie. Susan Sarandon is in this movie and has no emotional crux at all or beats. Nothing. No, she doesn't go up. She doesn't go down. She's straight across the board. Christina Ricci is literally playing a mouthpiece. Like, to, <laughs> literally has no arc. She has no agency whatsoever to her character. All right. All right. Listen. Listen. No we character are... in this film goes through any arc whatsoever. Listen, the bad listen, guy is bad. The main character wants to race and not be corporate at the beginning. He ends up wanting to race and be not corporate at the end. There is no change of any temperament of any tone whatsoever in this film it is just vomit for two fucking hours it's vomit this movie horrible and a lot of reviews of it from the time were complaining about the lack of character development and sacrifice of plot in favor of just the races and the scenes but my argument is that we are always complaining about these adaptations adding all this superfluous plot and insane fluff and uh, just like artistic liberties. This got criticized for plot taking a backseat to the visuals, but like when you watch fucking Speed Racer as a kid, you don't care about the fucking plot or the fucking two-dimensional characters. It's about the races. It's about the fucking adrenaline. This was like a fucking cartoon made by the people who made The Matrix, and the races were fucking insane. The visual choices, every single thing in this movie was a choice that someone made, and they are out of control how far to the edge they pushed it visually. They pushed literally nothing. There are movies that were made nine years before this that looked better than it that are 100% CG. The entirety of the Star Wars Episode One pod racing scene is more riveting than a single millisecond of this film. And it was made nine years before it. It looks ten times better. This film tried no, to look it does like not. this film tried to look like that a cartoon. Is nonsense. This film tried to look like a cartoon. It was the first film that the Wachowskis filmed on digital. It is literally a film that is devoid of any lighting. It is stark copy and paste images of humans in some of the most unrendered, ugliest backgrounds I've ever seen in my Dude, life. the color palettes in this movie are so Hideous. deliberate. Hideous. They're, they're, in, they're deliberate, though. They're deliberately there, something a, that did not work. Dude, it's there, like, is, there is such a consistent visual, like, concept to this movie. Like, no, there is a vision. There is they no, there's no, there's no consistency. Movie. In one scene you have a world in which there's futuristic cars flying through basically space. The next scene you have 1920s British gangsters who run like a gangster syndicate yeah, yeah, who dress totally. like they're in the 40s. Yes, the movie was... takes place I would assume in the 1960s. However, they show archival footage from 20 years earlier that is not only in black and white but everyone is uh, it's real foot photography of, of regular planet Earth. Whereas when you go outside in Speed Racer, this movie, and you look at even a guy standing against his car across the street in a rural neighborhood, it just looks like a children's cartoon poorly recreated by some of the most limited looking CGI. I mean, I literally paused my TV and looked at like the bushes and the there were, there were, I mean, I understand they were trying to 
emulate something simple, but in doing so, they made something ghastly and hideous. I mean, it it looked awful. I mean, yeah, god awful. I completely awful. disagree. I just enjoy looking at this movie the whole time. I don't care what the plot is. Like, I literally, it's just like I would argue that the plot is and the uh, actors. And the the sheer fact that it's being made by the Wachowskis are the are the drawing points for me for this film. The races I think are absolutely god awful. Well, that was your fucking mistake going to see Speed Racer, the fucking movie. Like, did you ever watch Speed Racer, the cartoon? Yes. Why the fuck were you going there for the fucking characters? Because I, it's listen, I was not going for the characters. I was going for the action, hundred percent. I left only having interest in some of the things they were trying to do with the characters because to me the action could not be staler looking the people uh, uh, you know uh, speaking of Fast and Furious this is surely the worst uh, racing movie of which the concept and theme is family is important that I, <laughs> that I have seen this month um, it is <laughs> you it, think this is worse than Fast 4? when you at least when you look at the racers in Fast and Furious in these copy and paste scenes that they have that are CGI. Now, I complained in Fast and Furious about how stagnant everyone looked in that. This movie, like... Dude, what a simple blow of air would have done for realism's sake when we see an actor stagnantly sitting in a CGI car going a thousand miles an hour without even a rustle of their hair would have helped me to at least enjoy what I was watching. It, it just was... I've seen... Have you seen Spy Kids? Yes, I literally the, the, just mentioned Spy Kids. I absolutely, like, the Spy Kids movies for me, I, I absolutely hate those movies. And and this is the exact same thing. It's just no, CGI no, it that could not so look worse. Kids. It Dude, could not look worse. There are some... The scenes inside so the factory when there's hundreds of people on Good segways God. flying in circles. Dude, there are some shots horrible. in this movie that are just conceptually... Dude, all right. So there, there's these constant hearkening back to old Japanese cartoon vibes where it's like the first shot where it's um, Speed Racer's little brother. It, it'll do these random interjections where he has these elaborate fantasies where he's like a, an elaborate kung fu fighter. And when he's in this fantasy Dumbest world, all scenes. the visuals get crazy and it's him fighting a fucking monkey. And all of a sudden, it's like it, it's like you're watching an old Japanese kung fu show, except it, with a whitewashed cast. Yeah, I mean it's America. Right. Welcome to, welcome then, to then, literally everything we've ever done. Why the, was eighty five percent of the cast Cockney British? Can you explain that? <laughs> because they're okay. Why? I can because uh, this movie's underlying argument and theme is vehemently anti-capitalist and anti-imperialist. These are the reasons, the only reasons I think you actually enjoy this movie. There's a shocking amount of violence in this movie. The main antagonist literally For a describe, movie, describes capitalism as his religion. Capitalism is the real antagonist of this movie. Speed Racer himself is the champion of the proletariat, and I can only take your dismissal of him as evidence of class traitorship. I and will agree with you. After the revolution, I will, I will submit you. your name this to the is, committees. This is definitely class traitorship. I do... For a while, I was sold by the bad guy's pitch. <laughs> Dude, there's commentary. The commentators um, of the races, they're making all these cultural commentaries on like Dan, our, I'm cool our, with all that, man. The, the spectatorship cool. towards violence, dude. I'm it's, telling it's, you, I'm cool with a, that. 
It's, it's just it's an layers, ugly, bro. hideous, overlong fucking wreck of a movie. Here's, here's something I will say that gives what you're saying some credence, is that within 20 seconds of the movie, we paused it and spent about 10 minutes adjusting the visual settings on, on the TV <laughs> to, to make it okay for our, our eyes. All right, and with that, uh, we're going to go to <laughs> but, Golden Gun Ratings. But once we got there, it looked incredible. Dude, the one guy, there's a hole, a bullet hole in the fish tank. He plugs it with his finger. That turns out the fish tank's full of piranhas. Hilarious. Um, this but, movie know, begins with what usually in a film is the third act, where Speed Racer is in his final lap of an ultimate race, looking back on his entire life. Uh, it's exhausting because the exposition montage that you're forced to see during this race lasted like a solid 10 minutes or more. Then there's two hours of movie, and then another race, which is the exact same deal. He's racing around, he's yeah. winning, completely unfettered, it doesn't matter, the action's terrible, and the entire time you're seeing flashbacks to his childhood, it's it's a movie that, listen, I'm, I'll, I'll be straight up about it, cut an hour, almost, off of this movie. The movie was about four races, make it about two, do not spend the entire movie just after you set up something potentially interesting, spinning in place endlessly. It just was, it's like watching the same two, three scenes again and again and again and again. And it just, it needed to be reeled the fuck in. It needed to be color corrected so that its basic tone colors were not so painful. Like the visuals, I will agree, are striking, but the color palette they instilled to express those visuals while cartoonish, while trying to be a manga or an anime, ended up looking fucking terrible to the human eye. Um, I, it's just, it was just so hard to look at. And like, if the prequels are faulted for having kind of stilted acting that looks like, yes, that's on a green screen, surely this movie should as well. It was shot in 60 days on one green screen. Let me tell you another movie that was shot in 60 days on one green screen. <laughs> Sin City, which is a fucking incredible movie. That is a striking film to use fully CG'd environments in. That is how you light your actors and color grade your film if it's going to be a living cartoon. This was a living cartoon made by people what who did not understand how to make you a want, movie So this or movie would cartoon. have been fine if it looked like fucking Sin City if everything was no, gray? No, no, absolutely not. It just would look, it just would be more fine if it headed it toward a visual palette that was more consistent and, and less abrasive. It doesn't I, I need to be gray. It doesn't even need to be remotely dark. I could loved have had all it. the varieties in the visual palette, how all of a sudden there'd be actual two-dimensional cartoons. Uh, that was fine. I did like the I one hate. moment in the movie where there was an actual hand-drawn cartoon, and it made me realize that with more of that and with more mixed media and with an hour shaved off and with just a little more refinement, it, it could have been a good movie. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I just thought it, it's it's there's some... I think you're you're flawed in going in looking for like that high level Wachowski action from this movie. Whereas well, I, that's I, out the window. I, I was mean, sitting here thinking that like the fight scenes are extremely skillfully shot, yet still very silly and cartoon like. And it's neat seeing them, who are like in my head the absolute masters of the fight scene, like do a very playful version and have fun with it. And like, sub it's nice seeing them do see that they could do a different type of fight scene. 
And also, I want to say that this movie has the absolute most big dick swinging move in terms of sound design that I've ever seen from just like using clout and the movie and the money behind you from the studio in that they paid for the fucking rights to Freebird to literally only use six seconds of the middle of the guitar solo in like a chase scene. I could not believe that baller move uh, i i didn't even hear that because for the most part this this movie was an absolute cacophony that's the be- honestly the greatest word to sum up this movie from an audio and visual standpoint uh a cacophony all right here's the deal i want to read some reviews reviews read some read uh, some some snippets not, to you. not only did i delve into some of the positive reviews this morning but i also delved into YouTube videos, one of which was called Speed Racer is a Masterpiece, which I watched at 9 in the morning. Uh, I know some of the arguments for what people think that this movie did correctly, but I'll never agree with them, so you'll be whispering these into the void, but that, go ahead. That's that's fine. I just want to say that uh, Time Magazine included Speed Racer on its list of all-time 25 best sports movies and the top 10 movies of 2008, saying not every avant-garde FX masterpiece receives instant audience validation, but this film is a rich cartoonish dream, non-stop art, and a triumph of visual virtuosity. Um, the film has since appeared on lists of underrated films. It was it was elected the third most underrated film of the 2000s by Den of Geek, which called it a game-changing film which redefined and reconceptualized the film form as we know it. Um, Nick Hyman, writing for Metacritic, Critic included it on his list of movies that critics got wrong, calling it a cult classic in the Mm. making, nearly unmatched insofar as action-adventure family films go. Uh, Slate recently called it an underrated masterpiece, and they they made a brilliant cartoon that dares to ask you to take it seriously. Okay, great. During its production, Animal Rights PETA made allegations of animal cruelty against the film, reporting that one of the two chimpanzees used in the production was allegedly beaten after... Fighting a child actor. The incident was confirmed by the AHA, the animal safety representative on set, who reported that the stand-in for Spritel, uh, who's the kid, yep. portrayed by Lit, had been bitten without provocation. The AHA representative reported that towards the end of filming during a training session, the trainer in an uncontrolled impulse punched the chimpanzee. The AHA film unit referred to this abuse as, quote, completely inexcusable and unacceptable behavior to use on any animal. The AHA has, and this is just because you read it's on a list of most underrated films. The yeah. AHA has placed Speed Racer on their unacceptable film films <laughs> list, <laughs> chiefly because of this incident, noting that, quote, the aforementioned training incident tarnishes the excellent work of the rest of the production. So there's a positive review. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The AHA said that it was excellent work on the rest of the production. So yeah, there are people that agree with you, buddy. Um, All right, hold on, hold on. Hold but on. I want to I want to let everyone know that while I'm not going to read it, uh, this movie was absolutely thrashed by critics when it came out. It bombed at the box office. It didn't inspire any other movies. So any claim that it changed cinema at all, and if anything, it was a, a film like the Star Wars prequels that led people towards less CG and more. Um, uh, haptics and you know interactivity with real images and real sets and movies like this were uh, once again part of the 2000s crazes that you seem to love that are just like it's literally like just trash lit on fire I just don't I want to read I want to read one more blurb for you because I feel like this one's really gonna hit your buttons okay sure this is from IGN's review of the movie at the time that it came out sure they were they were contrary to the popular 
uh, dismay towards this movie. So IGN stated that Speed Racer is not merely the best film that it could be. It pretty much it's pretty much exactly what it should be. Full of exciting, brilliantly conceived races, <laughs> primary color characterizations, and an irresistible sense of fun. It's a masterpiece of its kind and praises the special effects extravaganza and is the moment that the, when the Wachowskis went from Wonderkin directors to true auteurs. That is maybe the worst paragraph I've ever heard in my life, Dan. And I've read a lot of shit this week. This movie you, you combines like that? I literally. I saved that one for last. <laughs> this movie combines literally everything that I uh, hate. From I'm not Ch- going to say this is the time that the Wachowskis became true auteurs, all right? But I'm saying no, it. I'm not are, alone in loving this movie. Okay, I'm going to agree with you. You are not alone in loving this movie. I'm going to say that up front, that there are people, like I said before you started reading uh, the words of those mindless shills, um, that uh, it is a movie that I do understand that people like. Um... I know that this could be a a time that I could easily bring up the raging, enormous gaps in filmography of of things that you have seen and prop up or don't prop up. I'm not going to do that. Maybe I'll save it for Dan on Yeah, we have another episode. (laughs) But I will tell you that the fact that you can praise and enjoy this movie while faced with uh, things like the MCU and Lord of the Rings that people give you shit about... Uh, it does make you look like an absolute ass. Uh, I still love you. It's still all about love. Um, and I uh, just uh, just can't I can't uh, can't see what there is to like in this movie. I tried really fucking hard. It made me just raging mad to watch. I was gonna bring Rachel down to talk about it uh, as my one critical. Um, uh, you know, addition to this instead of reading reviews off Rotten Tomatoes, of which there are thousands more negative than positive. Um, but I don't know. Should we do that? Do we want to hear what Rachel thought about this? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't need. I don't need a, a, to be double teamed. Uh, yeah, I don't think that that would be fair. But safe to say, she absolutely hated it. Uh, she couldn't even look at the screen. Really, she just kept kind of looking away because it was so <laughs> sickening. Um, she could not believe that you enjoyed it. She cannot believe that anyone has ever enjoyed it. I'm in the same camp. You should read her that review that I just read you from IGN. Yeah, <laughs> I think I will after this. Um, I am going to go ahead and give this film a point one. <laughs> Out of 10 on my Golden Gun rating scale, thus putting it 0.1 point above grind. Um, found absolutely nothing redeeming about this. It co- uh, combines literally everything I hate from children's movies to horrible CGI to a central theme of sports to the squandering of <laughs> great limitless potential from all involved. This movie is a gay disaster. 0.1 out of 10. Chilling. <laughs> Did you say a gay disaster? Yes. <laughs> I'm a. I'm gonna Damn. give this movie an 8.75. 8.75. Cool. Thus bringing its cumulative score to an 8.76 on the Movie Blues Season Two chart. Um, <laughs> that was easy math. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> or no, that would be an eight. No, that's wrong. I did it wrong. It would yeah. be an uh, an 8.85. <laughs> Yeah, so it's better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Let me take a look at that. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, it's a 12.9. Thank God. Uh, 
Uh, Dan, this was a fun watch. Um, I do have a lot of like notes about it. I do have some positive notes about it, such as interesting class struggle themes, question mark. Um, uh, <laughs> I have a note that just says this is the healthiest I've ever seen Matthew Fox look. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, I guarantee you this movie sent him into the hole in terms of being an alcoholic. Like, he had to attend, like, 100 A meetings after this movie came out, 100%. I hate to say it, but I think that this movie destroyed Matthew Fox's career. Um, he was, and, and, you know, because you didn't see it at the time, there were a couple things that you have to know, right? Firstly, that... This movie was just advertised as being like the the next Matrix. That's how they advertise this movie. There's pi- there's pictures in it that said the Wachowski brothers are going to revolutionize action. They're going to revolutionize what it is to see a film in theaters. It was being touted as one of the biggest films of all time. Matthew Fox was on the front of all this. He was um you know, getting He's a, barely in the movie. Getting a huge buzz for the first time. His first huge major, major motion picture. He was on all the posters. He had his own poster. He was terrible in it. Um, I was very excited to see this movie solely on the fact that Matthew Fox was in it and looked cool and seemed like he was going to be a cool character. Was expecting a little bit of a different movie, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, so was he. So that, I think, torpedoed his entire career. Um, there are a lot of interesting facts about this movie. I think instead of like just going back through and trashing it, there are some things that we could talk about that are interesting, um, such as Gus Van Zant was once considered to direct this film. Um, <laughs> uh, this film was in what's in, known... In that situation, uh, Speed Racer and his little brother would have had a scene where they jerk each other off in the shower. <laughs> for, for sure. I'm for that, though. I, I would love that. J.J. Um, Abrams once wrote a draft of the screenplay. Um, Keanu Reeves turned down the role of Speed Racer. Um... I will say I fucking hate Emil Hirsch as an actor. Oh, I, I thought he was good. I liked him. He was I, one of I the, thought he the was good in this sports. role, but I, I hate how he's always like playing like a child. <laughs> so he's like forty. He looks like a yeah. He looks. Like, <laughs> they're like he's in high school. Um, yeah. Uh, this. Uh, uh, this movie was the first time that they filmed in HD on this format. They utilized a layering approach that gave equal clarity to the foreground and background of each scene in the film, creating oh, yeah, a unique experience of real-life anime. Wrong! <laughs> yeah, yeah I, see, I completely <laughs> agree with that. That did not come through. I, That's how I feel. a hundred movies that are supposed to look like anime that look a thousand times more accurate than that. Um... Uh, yeah, and they all took it from Speed Racer. Um, <laughs> as previously mentioned, was a game-changing film. At one point, uh, this is how Dan would have gotten this movie from an 8.75 to a 9, Henry Rollins was offered the role of Racer X. Oh my god. <laughs> that would have been so sick. That um, would have definitely been way more than a 9. Because <laughs> um, I can't see Matthew Fox as anyone other than the older brother from Party of Five. Um, in, in terms of additions to the MBCEU, uh, the Movie Blues Extended Cinematic Universe, um, one of our concepts is always the good old spiritual Negro. This movie phoned one in real nice. Um, <laughs> it seems worse when you frame it as, like, the good old. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, I, I thought maybe you'd pick up on that. I'm sure maybe you put a note down about that. Um, there, there was, um, I need to ask you about something that I don't understand about this movie. I'm going to need you to fix a couple things for me. Um, I I didn't know how to say the brother's name. I didn't have subtitles on. I didn't look anything up. So for a while, I was trying to figure out, um, is is his name Spritel, Sprite-O, Spidel, Spite-O, Spitho, Spilo Ren? 
Spilo Ren? It, all right, do you want the answer, or is this just a bit? Yeah, go ahead. Well, it was it's, a bit, and you interrupted a lot, but... Well, you know, I didn't know it was a bit. You gotta know what I'm you were listing. asking a genuine question. You gotta know what I'm listing. You wait for okay. a second after the listing ends. I, I thought it was gonna be a reasonable list, like a genuine list, not like a Spilo Ren-type list. I, I think Spilo Ren is a perfect addition <laughs> to this conversation. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's, it's Spritel. Spritel. Okay, so yeah. the, the boys' names are Rex, Racer, and Spritel. Yeah. And what does Spritel mean? Fuck do I know? Cool. How do I don't want to um, know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the hard-hitting behind-the-scenes facts that we have for you today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I could have looked it up. Uh, I could have even looked his name up, but I had no, yeah, had no let interest. Let me remind you that I didn't know this movie existed before I watched it. <laughs> um, there's a moment of bullet time in the movie, thus the Wachowskis have officially played themselves. <laughs> Yeah. Like someone does a, bu a bullet time uh, dodge and it looks like as bad as it could possibly look, which I know you probably thought was some sort of introspective meta commentary on their action yeah. past, but you are wrong, sir. It was just no, bad. That's, that's definitely what it was. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> I feel like um, you have such an aversion to anything that even resembles a kid's movie that there's nothing that could have satisfied well, you about this. I can name a hundred kids' movies that are better than this. You want to start? Uh, can you do two? Two. Uh, two from two my, is my, ma my, my max amount that I can tolerate your listing today. Um, from, <laughs> from my own childhood? or uh, No, current? from recently. Oh, from recently. Like, yeah. so, well, see the thing Because I made the comment that you, you kept making us watch these fucking kid movies and then okay. just being pissed and shitting on them. Coraline is an incredible children's film from the past... 15, okay, I guess, 10 okay. years. Um, yeah, anything cool. made by that company is actually incredible. Uh, they've made four okay. or five pictures, Something which I can live name. action, Dan. Oh, a live action kids movie that is good from the past couple years. Uh, surely nothing Tim Burton has tried to do, even though he keeps making live action kids movies. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I think there were seven Harry Potters I seem to enjoy. Um, he, you know, I think that in many ways the MCU is for children. Uh, a lot of those entries are watched by 10 year olds. In all like. ways, the MCU is for children. Mm, wrong. And um, <laughs> the, uh, the MCU is a good example to kind of hold up in terms of just like, you know, putting a cartoon on screen, putting something on screen that is made for entertainment mostly is digital, mostly is for kids and adults alike. Uh, that's a great recent era of 25 movies that can be enjoyed by a whole family. Yeah, um, well, I've been trying to watch them, and so far I fucking have hated every second of it, so... <laughs> and yet, here we are with Speed Racer. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm, I'm going to go to the Poconos after this, and we're gonna, I'm probably going to watch Speed Racer again, because I want to show it. I want to show it to them. Oh my god, you are the worst. <laughs> I really enjoy it. <laughs> it's just a great fucking just like, like and, uh, so movie Dan, to have on to just stick around, like to what not. Did, what did Kat think of uh, the movie? We didn't fully go into her opinion. <laughs> she she, her, she really liked the characters. As did I. She really liked the characters. Um, she. What was her comment? I don't want to like speak for her, but she was. Her response was that she was surprised to discover that it was. Um, as visually striking as she had remembered it. But she didn't... She wasn't, like, overall entertained throughout. <laughs> okay. She it's... thought it was... She thought it looked really awesome, but was fine as a movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that's more tempered reaction, I guess. Yeah. Whereas um... I, I just thought it was fucking exactly what I would want out of a Wachowski-made Speed Racer movie. Right. 
it was fucking goofy. Yeah, it's just... At what cost? <laughs> Your sanity, apparently. Yeah. Yes. Um, Dan, is there anything you could say negatively about this movie? Um, I thought Matthew Fox's performance was horrendous. I thought, I thought it was maybe one of the only okay performances. I thought Christina Ricci's performance was horrendous. And by the way, wait, can we just talk about something that, I mean, oh, that really is so funny about this movie um, okay. in terms of logic and, and just everything um, in, in, in terms of Matthew Fox. So they, they start the movie uh, in, in this uh, nightmarish hell world where everyone loves racing and um, you meet... Um, and it's like fine for racers to murder each other on yeah, the track oh yeah, and totally shit. Fine. Um, and yet corporations are corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the people we should take down, not the guys that literally are like having Mad Max murder battles. Well, they're doing that because the corporations are backing them. There's a whole subplot about how the races <laughs> are used to manipulate the stocking stock price of mega corporations. Um, if you thought the political aspects of Star Wars Episode One were interesting, as Dan does, then you will find the <laughs> corporate uh, um, stuff in this movie to be fucking fascinating. There's about 45 full minutes of it. <laughs> um, they make the point after the first 30 seconds of it. You, the point is made. You, you wanted my criticism. That's, what, that's what it was. That's what it was going to be. They hammer that point home over and over again for two hours and 15 minutes. Every scene is about that. Every other scene is a bad race. It's just, it's a formula of, of three scenes just thrown in a whirlpool that is almost unending. I, I cannot imagine that this movie uh, would have come out in the condition that it was in if it weren't for it being made by the Wachowskis. Any other studio-gripped director would have shaved 40 minutes off this movie. It, it made no sense. After a point, it made no sense that they were still talking about the same things and nothing had happened. Do you know what I feel? I feel like if you guys had watched this movie without Rachel being fucking inundated with your fucking just toxic negativity about it. I did not say it. a word about it. And your your inevitable size I, throughout I the not. entire thing. Sh with Dan, I shit you not, within 30 seconds, she was out. <laughs> she could not accept the images on screen and neither could I any of the times that I've watched it. Well, you guys need to put on your big boy pants and fucking get your eyes ready. Oh, God Adjust the brightness on your TV and enjoy the fucking visual onslaught. That right, movie is TV a visual onslaught no. of imagery and lights. Yeah, but it's like of, crazy. Ch of children's imagery, of stuff that would excite only a 10-year-old, which we've seen time and again is the stuff that excites you. What, whereas sprawling sci-fi epics, amazing I'm, I'm really glad interconnected films, all these things, they don't excite you whatsoever, but this somehow is this original breath of air from the void, and it's just not. It's I'm just looking, I'm looking forward to Dan on Dan Cron. I know, that's why we're racking up violations this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I don't know, right. anything else to say about um, this uh, great movie, Dan? I, um... I think that people should give this movie a shot if they haven't seen it. I don't think you should go into it expecting the depth, the philosophical depth of the Matrix. You should put it on in a in a night where you want to like drink a couple beers and just like have yeah. something on and like maybe have a conversation during maybe and just like make sure sick. that every time you look up, something fucking bizarre is happening on screen. Um, and yeah, that, that's about it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. That was my. Th Arguably third time watching it, and mm -hmm. I am probably going to purchase the Blu-ray of it. 
Um, this is the third time I've watched it. I don't think it is available on Blu-ray, and... Um, <laughs> um, Why would it not be available on Blu-ray? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it in a store. I've never seen it ever. I mean, it, it could be. Um, I just don't think they've, they haven't updated it for 4K, probably, that's for sure, but there's, it might be on Blu-ray. I almost never see this movie talked about, enjoyed respected anywhere but today I've learned a lot about it from Dan and the harrowing YouTube videos that I watched of people that said it was a stunning masterpiece and I understand the other side I've seen this movie three times it has been uh, zero for me every single time I don't think you should show your kids this movie I don't think an adult would ever enjoy this, this movie this movie is $7 on Amazon on Blu-ray right now get it I, it's, it's already done Amazon where your <laughs> dreams come true in 24 hours <laughs> oh god we got the ad read out of the way too we're, we're doing yeah. good we're doing good today right. we're only I'm, 51 I'm, minutes I'm, I feel, yeah I feel like we should wrap it it feels good mm-hmm. I, I mean this was like, this is a classic this is this is right here what this podcast is about is upsetting me is I mean but some oftentimes I am the one who is upset you're upset every time <laughs> except for this one and grind <laughs> grind was awesome <laughs> I did. Uh, I'm trying to think about that experience versus this. I mean, Grind, we watched together. So that you were was like so palpably upset about Grind. I was upset about Grind afterwards. You know what I mean? Like the accumulation of of everything hit me as soon as we stopped. Whereas this one, I was so mad the entire time. Two hours. I can't and 14 believe you gave this a point one with the shit that they like put on screen. It, it was film. like Spy Kids, dude. It was for a child and a child not from the generation uh, that I grew up in of Hook and the Neverending Story. This is like trash for kids that have ADHD, need a therapist, and should not be watching things that are this sped up, frenetic, and completely fucking insane. There are scenes in this movie, Dan, where two people are having a conversation and one person is pasted on both sides of the screen, top and bottom, their mouth moving at the same time. This is just a normal conversation yeah. that two people are having with each yeah. other. And yeah. they are split screening it four, five, six different ways. Yeah, but I the, loved that. No, I but what's that. not impressive about it is it's just being done from a fucking computer. There's no <laughs> artistry to this film at all. There's no one who's guiding oh, it, guiding fuck it you. from a film angle. They're guiding it from, let's just film the actors standing in front of a screen and we're going to put in a tremendous amount of garbage afterwards and you'll love it and it's just it's like spy kids where it's like we only have to film for 20 days 30 days it's only going to cost blah 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 because we have all these in-house special effects artists now honestly to me this is the wachowski's yoga hosers this is them losing it entirely and creating something that is nothing but embarrassing. what about the movie you were just talking about that they made that was way worse that one is like if we're so doing what do you give that if this is a 0.1 uh probably like a two or three three or four there are some cool images in that one and and giant like space vistas and like it is amazing worse it is amazing to see that well the badness of it dude like this movie i couldn't laugh at because it was bad jupiter ascending is a movie that takes itself dead ass seriously and is absolutely hilarious because of it this movie is like a cartoon so like it and no point was i thinking you know they they're making hard like you know gritty artistic choices here it was just a cartoon for kids and like jupiter ascending is them making a motion picture that is like we're trying to make a movie to get us back into the limelight because speed racer tanked our career they made that and that one was just vomit. I mean, if that one, you know, if if this is their yoga hosers, that is their like. Uh, I don't like that that weed show. The weed show. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> because no, dude, and you Hollywood. don't even know, and you don't even know how good of a analogy that is because like that is the same deal where like Kevin was trying to be like doing something a little more seriously, like he was trying to like be serious about something. Like I'm gonna act again and like I have a new hairpiece and like it just yeah. I mean, What's up, man? What's up, man? Check me out. I act again. Um, yeah. All right. I'm <laughs> vegan now. Um, uh, you know, uh, we're in a good place for Dan on Dan Crime. Yeah. Right. I'm going to need to go scream into a pillow for a little bit, and uh, we will see you guys next week for our Dan on Dan Crime extravaganza to be titled, to be named, and discussed. It's yeah. either going to be something manslaughter related or... Dan slaughter. Dan slaughter related. Oh, that's taking it even further. Whoa! <laughs> anyway, we're going to have a 45 minute a brainstorming session about the title of Dan on Dan Crime after this and we love you guys and please um, don't go out and watch Speed Racer and Dan anything else? Dude let's call the episode Attempted Dan Slaughter <laughs> I think the episode title should just be a whole paragraph with all of these with commas Okay, <laughs> let's just go there alright all right, people you gotta say yeah okay I was gonna say you have to say baby <laughs> thank you buddy <laughs>